Blog Talk Radio. Tonight on Dr. Anonymous Show 176, my guest uh, coming up is someone I just met a few months ago. Um, Aaron Breedlove is a pre-medical student from the southeastern United States. She is author of the blog Healthy, Unwealthy, and Becoming Wise at HealthyUnwealthyWise.com. So we'll talk about her blog, what's it like to be a college student, and she has a diagnosis of cerebral palsy, which we get into as well. So interesting conversation tonight's coming up. The Dr. Anonymous Show starting right now. Welcome to the show that is passionate about medicine and social media. This is the Dr. Anonymous Show live on a Thursday night here on Blog Talk Radio. My name is Mike Savella, and I am Dr. Anonymous, your favorite family physician social media guy. To find out more information about me, just type in Dr. Anonymous in your favorite search engine, and uh, I should be the top link over there. You can also go to DrAnonymous.com. That brings you the most current show schedule. And we have some very exciting shows coming up here in the month of August. Also some recent blog posts and some TV interviews that I've done uh, with local TV news. You can also go to DrAnonymous.net. That brings you to the Facebook page of the show. Shout out to all 248 people who like the show, who are fans of the show, whatever Facebook is doing with that these days. It also brings you some exclusive behind-the-scenes video of me doing this show. Um, also, uh, DrAnonymous.org, that brings you to the iTunes page, and you can subscribe to this show. You can download past shows as well. And you can also listen to this show in real time on your iPhone, BlackBerry, Palm Pre, Droid, <laughs> whatever your mobile device is. Just direct your mobile browser to blogtalkradio.com slash Dr. Anonymous. Today is Thursday, August 5th, 2010. It is 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Temperature here at Dr. Anonymous World Headquarters is 78 degrees Fahrenheit. Coming up uh, in just a few minutes will be uh, my guest, Erin Breedlove. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter at Erin R. Breedlove. She has a blog that's called Healthy, Unwealthy, and Wise. You can get there by going to healthyunwealthywise.com. She is a pre-medical student in the southeastern part of the United States. And uh, she talks about her blog, her challenges uh, of uh, being a college student. Uh, the subtitle for her blog is Follow a Pre-Medical Student on Her Journey to Become a Doctor. And I also direct you to uh, 
yesterday's post called Anatomy of an Open Mind, My Discovery of Medicine. That's a very good post, which we'll be getting into in a few minutes. Um, but first, I would like to thank Blog Talk Radio for featuring the show again here this evening. For those of you who are new to the show, welcome. I have been a, a social media hobbyist since 2005, and if you're curious, yes, I am a real physician. I am a family physician in full-time private practice here in northeastern Ohio. And if you're listening live, you can see my shining face here in the webcam here this evening. The webcam is actually working here this evening. If you're in the chat room right now, just go to the top of the chat room, click on the webcam icon, and you can see me do the show right before your eyes. Very exciting. (laughs) Before we go to our break, I do want to give a big shout-out to the people in my chat room here. We have our guests. We have Faith Ignited. We have a guest. I encourage the guests to register here at Blog Talk Radio. You'll be able to chat in the chat room with uh, the rest of my friends here. We have MD Student 31. We have Potato Chip Ramoto. We have Star X. We have Survivor Stephanie. And uh, if you're having problems getting into the Blog Talk Radio chat room here this evening, don't worry. Uh, you'll be in here in no time. Um, so I will uh, take my break here. And at the other side of this break will be our guest. If you're listening to the Dr. Anonymous show, a member of the Family Medicine Education Consortium, you can get there by going to fmec.net, and also a member of the Better Health Network at getbetterhealth.com, and also a member of the ProMed Network, a podcast you can get there by going to promednetwork.com. We'll be right back. That's right, kids. Lowering your blood pressure one point at a time. This is the Dr. Anonymous Show live on Blog Talk Radio. And on the line we have with us uh, right now, uh, my friend Aaron Breedlove. Aaron, welcome to the show. I'm honored to be here. Thanks for having me. So uh, how, how are you doing tonight? How, how hot what is it uh, down there where you are in the southeastern part of the United States? Um, today, the heat index was 107 degrees, so it was definitely August in Georgia. So <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a hot day, definitely. So, not much um, outside activity. But. So you probably stayed inside most of the day, I would think. Right. Uh, well, uh, thank you so much for, for taking the time here uh, tonight. Um, I've been wanting to talk to you for a while, and um, uh, this is going to be it's going to be fun tonight. So, um, as I um, as I start with uh, <laughs> all of my guests, I always start with a very difficult and hard question to to start things off. So, uh, so, <laughs> so, Aaron, tell me. So, you have an interest in medicine and also an interest in social media, something we definitely have in common. 
So uh, tell everybody out there, these, these 13 people live and the people who will be listening uh, on the archives of this podcast, tell people out there why you love medicine and why you love social media. Um, the intersection of medicine and social media is all about, for me, is all about empowerment. It's all about empowerment of not only the doctor-patient relationship, but medicine's relationship with the general public. It's it, it's able to meet people where they are in terms of social media. And um, I think social media um, in its own right shows people in a different medium what medicine is supposed to be. It's supposed to be very patient-centered, very conversation-driven, um, and that sort of thing. It's supposed to, supposed to reflect the needs of both patient and provider. Great, great. And we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, your social media life uh, uh, a little bit later, um, but uh, I kind of want to start it off as far as life growing up and your background. Um, it, so where you're at right now in, in the southeastern part of the United States, is that where you grew up, or did you grow up in, in another part of the country? Or? Uh-huh. Um, I've only, the furthest I moved was actually for college, which is only about, an hour and a half from where I grew up. So I haven't moved very far. Needless to say, I'm hoping to get into medical school outside, outside, of, outside of Georgia. So um, <laughs> to, to get out and see the world a little bit. So, um, I'm starting to feel a little claustrophobic, but, and um, you know something that that you you talk about very frequently in your blog, something that you're not hiding from anybody. Um, you know, is, is your uh, clinical diagnosis of uh, cerebral palsy, and and uh, I'd like to get into that a little bit. Um, so, um, and as I told you, um, kind of in my emails uh, beforehand, is you know a lot of my audience you know, really isn't medical at all. They're kind of outside the medical sphere. Um, so kind of in your own words, how would you define what your diagnosis is? How would you define what, what cerebral palsy is? Um, cerebral palsy is um, a brain injury usually sustained during birth or shortly after, and, um, and it affects people in so many different ways I can't even count them. But um, for me specifically, um, the um, entire right half, if you will, of my body doesn't work as well as the other half. Um, however, um, the, one of the, I guess, rarities, I wouldn't even call it a rarity now, but um, I have um, no cognitive impairment, no um no speech delays, nothing like that. That's that's normally associated with CP, um, but it is it is no matter which way you slice it, it is a um, usually congenital brain injury. So. Okay. Okay. Um, and we talked a little bit, kind of in your in your pre-interview um, session, because I, I I did have some questions for you at that point, as far as you know, growing up with this and. Um, you know, did, I, I mean, I, 
how was your life growing up with this? I mean, it's, I, I'm, and I'm, I'm sorry if it sounds like an ignorant question, but it's, uh, um, you know, I, I, how did you know about the diagnosis? How did you learn about it? How did you know when you were, you know, different than other kids when you were growing up? Um, one of the things that helped me to sort of separate um, who I was from from someone without my diagnosis was that um, I grew up alongside a twin sister who didn't have any complications at all. So almost firsthand, almost immediately, I was exposed to um, someone without the diagnosis, making it incredibly easy for me to to understand and to realize that something was a little bit different, something was a little bit off. Um, of course, right away, I didn't understand medically what was going on, didn't necessarily know names or terms or things like that, but I, I definitely knew from, I would say, from the very start that something was was a little different. It, I don't know that it was good or bad. It was just different. So, um, There's a question in the chat room. Did, were you born premature or were you born before your due date, in case people don't know what that term means? Uh-huh. Um, I was born at 26 weeks gestation. So, um, so yes, I was incredibly premature. Okay. Okay. Um, and we talked a little bit uh, before about, um, you know, some of the, um, you know, physical devices that, that you use. Um, and I know in an audio podcast, it's kind of hard to describe them, but um, I guess my question would be, were you using some of these assistants when you were growing up? And um, is that how you got kind of introduced to some of these, you know, physical assistant devices? Um, the only the only device that I've ever used for any extended period of time, um, and, and still today, um, I've used an orthotic since I was since I was two, and I'm now twenty. So I've used different variants of an orthotic for the majority of my life. Yes. Okay. Um, but I, I've never used. Um, I used a walker for a short time, just as sort of a, a trial period, uh, but but never ended up needing um, any anything on a regular basis um, as far as wheelchairs, walkers, that type of thing. Okay. Okay. Um, and I guess um, before we talk about your life as a college student, um, I guess a step before that, how was your life? as a high school student, both, you know, from a physical sense and, and from, you know, just growing up as a high school student, how was that experience for you? Do you, do you feel that, that you missed out on anything because of your diagnosis or not, or how was that for you? Um, absolutely not. My sister was the drum major in the marching band for two years, so I sort of lived vicariously through that. Um, I was able to assist with things like the uniforms for the marching band, things like that, that that sort of kept me involved in in, um, in a quote unquote typical high school um, experience. But from a physical standpoint, our school from one end to the other was 1.6 miles, and 
so needless to say it was a it was a tough trek um you know every single day um but you know it i i had my own things i was um i was president of the national spanish honor society for three years i you know did all kinds of things um all kinds of really nerdy academic things thus i'm going to be a doctor right um but um but you know it I I sort of I called academics my sport in high school because there was a time where I was very not really depressed, just down about the whole issue. Um, you know, they um, it was just you know it, it it kind of slaps you in the face when you realize half of your friends are in marching band, half your friends are on the football team, that sort of thing, and even if you tried, you really couldn't. You really couldn't do it. I mean, it's it's not. You get past a oh, I wish I could. Well, reality says you know you can't, and that and that was tough. But in the same sense, it taught me a a really hard lesson really quick. Where you can't, you make up for things you can. So, um, mm-hmm. so I think I think that was. I think the lesson that it taught me was a little bit a little bit more important than the fact that I couldn't do it. Um, mm-hmm. I think that really mm-hmm. stuck out for me in high school period, um, and right. still sticks me in college. You know, it, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the things you can just do well. The things you can't do just do well in the things you can. So, I think that was. I think that was most important for me. Um, and uh, there's a question in the chat room, which is a good uh, transition to our next topic. Will be which is uh, you know your life as a college student. Uh, um, Jill is asking in, in the chat room there. What what year in college uh, are you right now? I'm I'm years wise. I'm going into my second year. Credits wise, I'm going into my third year. So um, so it's it's uh, I have have enough hours to be considered a junior, but. But years wise and pre med wise, I'm a sophomore. So Okay. Um, yeah. And how was uh how was that transition from high school um to college not only from um you know, a mental standpoint as far as from the college classes, but also from a physical standpoint and and um you know, um do you live at home, do you live at school when you're in class? How does that work? My school is extremely small, and um, I'd be glad to share the link in the chat room um, to the to the school. I'm a big advocate for the school, um, but my school, in and of itself, is is extremely small, which is why I chose the school. It's small um, admissions wise, and it's small land area wise. It's smaller than my high school was, um, so as far as the land area that it covers. So that, the physical aspect of it, I really wasn't worried about. Granted, I started visiting college three years before I came, so I was very familiar with with, um, with what was expected of me, and I think that's been key throughout my entire life, uh, not to mention college. Um, and and it's it's very tough having to learn to... I knew how to do things myself, but doing things quickly and within a time frame was never really a concern. Um, I never, you know, 
I always in high school, you know, I, I did things with friends and things like that. But but when when you're with a bunch of college kids, it's fun to be spontaneous, and you can't really always be spontaneous when you don't know how long something's going to take you. So needless to say, I've learned the art of the 15-minute shower pretty quick. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of college students uh, do that. Uh, that's, that's part of that's a rite of passage, I think, of being in college. Right. Uh, I th- you know, and, and those things, um, it's a very, very normal experience for me. Um, I, you know, I have... I, I tell you what, though, I wouldn't be anywhere without friends, without support. Um, you know, it's it's a very normal experience, but I don't think it would be if the school didn't naturally accommodate my needs as well, um, because I would have I would be worried with um, you know transportation from point A to point B, that sort of thing. But luckily, um, since I do live at school, the the dormitory is right next to the the building where most of my classes are. So I literally walk out of the building and about four steps to my left is is the is the building where most of my classes are. So um so it's it's been a it's been a nice transition. It's actually been a lot smoother. It's been one of the more smooth transitions in my life because all of a sudden in college some people just decide to grow up and I think I think that's helped me a lot from a social standpoint as well. Um, uh, now you said your uh, your diagnosis does affect your right side, and you do wear an orthotic. Does it does it affect you uh, with writing? Uh, um, are you right-handed or left-handed, or how does that work? Well, thanks to lovely plasticity, um, I I was wired to be right-handed. I go to do things still to this day with my right hand and nothing ever works. And obviously. So um so yes, I do write with my right hand. Um you know, I'm I'm, I'm sorry, I write with my left hand do everything pretty much predominantly with the left, but that's not to say that the right hasn't sort of made up for itself. Um it you know, it's it's challenging, but but I don't think it's definitely, I mean, okay, I can put on a sock with one hand. That's a pretty cool talent show entry, right? Um, <laughs> it's, uh, so um, it, it's, it's been, um, it's, it's, you know, yes, it's challenging not to have the predominant use of both hands, but but at the same time, I can do some pretty cool tricks. So <laughs> it, it's been nice. It's it's been it's been a learning experience, and everything is every day is a learning experience. Every challenge is a learning experience. So I'm pretty happy. Uh, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty content with it right now. So. Uh, if you're just joining us, welcome to the uh, Dr. Anonymous show. Our uh, guest is uh, Aaron uh, Breedlove, uh, a, a pre-medical student um, in the uh, southeastern uh, part of the uh, United States. Um, her blog is called uh, Healthy, Unwealthy, and Wise. You can get there by going to healthyunwealthywise.com, and we'll talk about her blog um, in a few minutes. 
Um, but Aaron, I did want to ask you a little about your your pre med curriculum. But before that, um, I think we should uh, at least uh, um, talk about um, you know your dream to uh, you know go to medical school, be a doctor, and I know that influenced you choosing their, your your college classes and being in a pre med curriculum. So let's talk a little bit about you know, your dream of being a doctor and, uh, you know, kind of what were your, you know, influences growing up, whether there be people or situations that kind of guided you on this path uh, to uh, to becoming a doctor? I promise this isn't rehearsed. This is the honest answer. Social media is the reason that I'll become a doctor. Um, I received an... Uh, Facebook message actually from a resident physician in Boston who read who read a blog that I wrote. Um, I sort of shut it down. It sort of um, was another interest of mine um, that kind of faded a little bit. But um, and I'll I can link that too. Um, but he wrote a Facebook message. I was on Christmas break at home, and. He wrote a Facebook message and he told me that he really enjoyed my writing and that I should consider becoming a doctor. I thought this guy was crazy at the time. Um, you know, I, I had toyed around with it a little bit um, and I talked a little bit about this in my last blog post, but um, my sophomore year in high school, a, a science teacher had told me, you know, hey, you should really consider a career in medicine. I thought they were all nuts. I, you know, I can't, in my head at the time, I couldn't do math and science. I was not good at a pre-medical curriculum. And um, through social media and through some of my contacts um, there, I I slowly learned that it's not, it's not about necessarily what you can't do. It's about what you're willing to work for, and um, and I think I think that in and of itself um, pretty much sums up why I'm going to become a doctor. Um, you know, I've I've definitely had doctors throughout my life who, um, you know, who have influenced the way that I'll practice medicine. But um, you know, it's it's been an interesting story. It's an interesting journey. Definitely. Um, definitely had some nice time to think it out, and uh, and it's it's been amazing. I, I didn't I didn't declare a pre medical intent until um, actually this will be my first semester in in pre med um, coursework. So it's you know it's definitely a well thought out decision. Um, <laughs> Um, and I uh, uh, encourage people to check out your blog on this. If people are listening to this after the uh, live uh, podcast here, I direct you to her uh, blog, uh, healthyunwealthywise.com, and the blog post from August 4, 2010. The title is Anatomy of an Open Mind, My Discovery of Medicine. Um, so when you started college there, Aaron, so did you know what your major was going to be? Did you know what you wanted to do with your life when you entered college? Um, I thought I wanted to enter special ed um, because I really, I could relate to a lot of what was going on, but there were some issues with um, 
the special ed department at my school, and I didn't really feel like fighting those issues. So I kind of toyed around with some other ideas, and then all of a sudden it just hit me. Um, one night, pretty hard, you know, and, and all of a sudden medicine just sort of flashed in front of me, and at first I thought even I was certifiably crazy, but, um, but it, you know, it, I, um, it's, I know now that I'm exactly where I need to be, so, um, and, and I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be here right now if I didn't have those other experiences to fall back on, so, um, but right, I mean, I thought, I thought I wanted to be a special ed teacher, and then all of a sudden I, I was like, wait a second, no, I can impact these kids in such an incredible way and in such a powerful way through medicine that's even more a lot of times beneficial to to children like that from a medical standpoint. Um, no. Um, and I have to tell you, um, you're you're you're, uh, you're feeling a lot of love from the chat room here uh, this evening, um, and uh, um, and you probably know the next question I'm going to ask, and it's already popped up in the chat room here from our friends uh, Jill and, and Faith Ignited. Uh, you know, what specialty do you know yet? And it also says, can you ask Erin if you would ever consider neonatology uh, because uh, she was a preemie? But pretty good question, Sarah. I, you know, I like to say I know what I want to do but I have no idea. Um, I know that it'll, it will probably have something to do with pediatrics. Um, I, have, I have a heart for that young population. I think it's, right now I think it's because I can relate to it, but, um, but uh, it'll, be, it'll probably be a pediatric specialty. Um, you know, and I, I can't, obviously can't rule out things like um, Family practice, things like that, that are that are a little bit more all inclusive of, of different things. Um, I, you know, honestly, I have no idea. I I I have thought a lot about physical medicine and rehabilitation. Um, you know, I've thought a lot about things like neurology. I've thought a lot of things about things like psychiatry. Um, you know, I don't really know, and I think I think it's a, that's a healthy way to enter med, medical school. Um, it's, it's sort of again with that anatomy of the open mind. Um, it, you know, sort of kind of narrow it down, but but keep your options open. Uh, and I think that's that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to do. Um, so. Um. Yeah, and definitely my uh, my family medicine uh, peeps uh, are giving you a big thumbs up on uh, family medicine, so uh, they're showing you some love with that. Uh, <laughs> and of course, you know, I uh, uh, of course I'm not biased myself, so. Uh. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, I I actually um, had a really nice conversation with some uh, family med docs uh, via Twitter last night. There were about three of them who all of a sudden decided to gang up on me and tell me that family practice was exactly what I needed to be uh, uh, be doing. So um, so it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that ends up. But, um, um, and, and, you know, and like I said, I'm all ears. Um, I'll, listen to, I'll listen to what you have to say about your specialty. Um, I definitely couldn't do what you're doing right now. So um, <laughs> that's... 
Um, and uh, and speaking of getting different type of uh, experiences, um, and you know, people who were following you know, on Twitter um, uh, know this. And if you're listening to this after the live show, her Twitter is uh, uh, Aaron R. Breedlove. Um, and uh, I know that you've written about this and you've tweeted out about this, that uh, your summer has been very exciting. You've been able to um, uh, follow around or shadow uh, some uh, physicians in, in what they do. Um, how has that experience been for you? Um, my shadowing experience is for some reason this summer I just looked out. Um, they have been absolutely incredible. Um, and that's why I can't decide. I've seen so many neat, neat things and so many incredible docs that, uh, that I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I could, I wish there was an all-inclusive specialty. I just want to do it all. Um, but, uh, and I think, I think that, I think that's calling into family medicine before Kevin gets to it. But, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> But uh, you know, um, it's it's been an absolutely um, incredible experience. Uh, my favorite, though, was um, inpatient child psychiatry. Um, it, was a, it was a very neat experience. Um, very very tough, but very 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 neat, very compelling. Um, and and, and, and you I don't have to. Uh... Um, you don't have to share any specific cases or anything, but um, what, what fascinated you about it? Was it something that you were expecting? Was it, or did was it different than the experience you were expecting going in? Or how how um, how did you like? Uh, you know, what, what did you like about it? Um, I liked the fact that every notion, every preconceived notion that I had when I walked through that door was completely gone because everything that I ever thought about psychiatry, everything I ever thought about pediatrics in general was just completely changed. Um, you know, I thought, you know, psychiatry is not, not about necessarily quote unquote crazy people. Um, it's, it's about actually getting to know people, and I think I think that taps into the philosophy of medicine as well. You know, it's it's not about getting to know people for their diagnosis. It's, it's about getting to know people for who they are and meeting them where they are. Um, and I think I think psychiatry was a healthy first experience um, because you know I, I learned how to really talk to people, how to really discover who they were past diagnosis and uh, and I think I think that was a powerful way to enter the medical field um, because my philosophies are forever changed um, <laughs> patient sides very different than than the doctor side so um, um, so are you going to try to um, fit in some more um, shadowing experiences um, during your semester or is that going to just be too uh, difficult with your schedule. Well, I think I think you would be proud. I actually have uh, established a one week, a one day a week experience with uh, a family medicine doc um, in the in the town where I go to school. Um, we're going to do once a week for a couple months just to see 
uh, see what I see and uh, see what I like. And she's working around my class schedule, so it's, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be interesting. Great, great. When, when do you uh, when do you head back? Uh, um, later this month or early next month or? It's about it's about two weeks away. So, needless mm-hmm. to say, I'm a little bit frantic. Uh, starting pre med, <laughs> moving back, that that kind of thing. Um, I'm I'm a little bit I'm sort of gasping for air at this point, but uh, but it'll be it'll be nice. It'll be a a nice change, a refresh, a refreshing change, um, and I feel like um, even this summer, um, you know, interacting with doctors, interacting with just medical professionals in general, um, has, has sort of vamped my energy for this semester. I think it's going to be my first real semester of college, if you will. So. Do you uh, do you recall some of? Uh some of the names of the classes that, that you'll be taking. I know I, I didn't I didn't prep you for that, but I don't want to put you on the spot. Uh, but I would imagine you're probably getting into some, you know, science classes and that type of thing at this point in your curriculum. Uh-huh. Um, I'm finished. This is going to be my last semester of core curriculum. So I'm finishing all the required boring gen ed stuff. And then um, I'll be in uh, the first, biology class and then the uh, uh, pre-calculus class because in order to get into calculus one you have to of course take pre-calculus so I have three more semesters of math ahead of me just when I thought I was done so uh, so it's 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 going to be interesting but I'm I'm looking more forward to it than than I have to anything in a really long time um it's it's gonna be it's gonna be challenging, but nothing nothing in life that's worth anything's not challenging. So. Um, <laughs> well, great, great. If you're uh, if just joining us, so this is the Doctor Anonymous Show on Blog Talk Radio, and our guest is Aaron Breedlove, a uh, pre medical student from the uh, southeastern part of the uh, United States. And uh, her blog is called uh, Healthy, Unwealthy, and Wise. You can get there by going to healthyunwealthywise.com. And uh, let's kind of uh, change gears here a little bit, and uh, let's talk about uh, uh, social media. And uh, um, But before that, um, I did want to ask you, so I guess kind of going back to, uh, to high school, or even, even, uh, even in grade school, so were you always kind of geeky? Were you always kind of you know, interested in electronics and computers and that type of stuff? Did that kind of set the stage for your social media interest? Absolutely. Um, one of the ways that I improved my fine motor skills that's often uh, sort of a a lacking component of CP, if you will, um, is I learned to type with one hand. But by the time... Um, by the time I really learned to type, I was in about the sixth grade, and I found myself typing about 85, 90 words a minute with one hand. So I thought, you know, hey, if this is good practice for fine motor skills, what's the excuse to not do it? So, yes, I have always been in front of a computer. I've always I've always known a little bit more than I should, I think, about, about most of this stuff. So um, it's 
it's been it's been fun, but it's been hard as I've gotten older to admit that I'm a certifiable geek. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's been interesting. Uh, but, and with your uh, involvement on Twitter, uh, that's the ultimate geekdom. I love it, but <laughs> if all of us, all of all of my tweeple, if you will, know that uh, that I'm I'm definitely one of the biggest Twitter holics out there. So uh it's 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 been it's been fun. But yes, always a geek. Once a geek, always a geek. Yes. So were you uh, were you on Twitter first or what did you do? Did you start your blog first? I was actually on Twitter first, but if you if you'll believe this or not, I forgot about my Twitter account. And, you know, started the whole Facebook thing, the whole college kid fad Facebook deal. And then I found Twitter again because some of the people that I initially started blogging with started mentioning this Twitter thing. And I logged on to check it out, and I entered my email address, and all of a sudden it said there was a username attached to my email account. And I was like, what? So... So I, I, I found my Twitter account again, and um, and I've been using it pretty steadily ever since. Um, uh, it's it's definitely an addiction right now. It needs to stop when school starts, but uh, <laughs> but uh, it's definitely definitely something I've I've greatly benefited from. So um so how do you utilize Twitter then? I mean, um do you use it to um you know find links, do you use it to communicate, do you use it for both? Um cuz everybody uses Twitter differently. I'm just kind of curious on on kind of your workflow or, you know, how you utilize uh, Twitter in your social media life. I I utilize Twitter for anything and everything it will hand me. Um it I, you know, get a lot of, of course, information from Twitter, but the the thing that I thrive on most is dialogue um, between fellow patients, fellow pre-meds, doctors, um, really anybody that'll talk, I'll listen. Um, and, uh, you know, recently I've made some pretty, pretty uh, hefty connections with my, with my, um, tweeting and things like that, uh, you know, I've gotten um, offers to do some things, and uh, and it's, you know, I'll use it for whatever it'll hand me. That's the, I think that's the goal behind social media is to accept accept what it is for what it is, and, you know, there, there's people with goals out there, but if, if, you're, goal, if you're goal-oriented, you're, you're closed-minded. Um, you know, if you, if you go in with a goal, you may not reach it, and you may get discouraged. So, you know, let it let it establish your goals for you. So, uh, that's always been my philosophy with social media in general. Just see where it goes. Do it. See where it goes. Social media is my leap of faith. Um, <laughs> so then, how did you uh, how did you start blogging? Then how how did that start? Um, I decided that um, at first I wanted a resource for parents of children with uh, special needs, chronic illness, that sort of thing. And uh, But I wanted something a little different. I was, I was kind of sick of seeing that whole trend where 
you know, the only thing that was written were things, you know, by medical professionals or, or things, uh, you know, things by other parents and things like that, but they weren't getting a personal perspective. And I think that was, that was very important, but, uh, but again, um, you know, I, I started it out that way and didn't really like where it was, uh, where I was going with it because I I felt like I couldn't, I wasn't really necessarily qualified to give advice to parents. It, it got, got kind of, kind of just, um, borderline, um, I would call it inappropriate, uh, because, you know, they were reading my stuff and they were asking me questions and recommendations and things like that. And I often had to back off and remind people that I wasn't a parent. I was just somebody living it and uh, sort of, sort of got out of that niche pretty quick. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's usually the, the first thing that, that, uh, people who blog experience is that, uh, they get asked questions <laughs> and, uh, um, and it can be intimidating at first um, because you put an opinion out there and, uh, you know, people want to engage with you or, you know, people, um, you know, believe that, you know, you may um, have some expert um, knowledge about this and it may just be your opinion and uh, definitely understand, you know, maybe backing off and saying, hey, this is just my opinion and, uh, you know, I may not know as much as you think I know, but this is just what I think about whatever topic that you're talking about. Right. And it's a very hard thing to learn at first. Um, you know, it's a very hard thing to sort of cope with um, as, as a social media, as you can probably relate to as a social media hobbyist. But um, it's, you know, there's a hard balance between, you know, what you, what you offer with social media. I think, um, you know, I think the whole concept of branding, which I don't even want to get into at this point, but uh, the whole concept of branding is is important to an extent. But if you brand too far, you dig yourself too far into a hole that you probably won't get out of. Yeah, I might be there now, but that's probably a topic for another show. <laughs> right, right. Um, but uh, but getting back to your blog, um, I mean, do, do you do you kind of have a vision of what you would like to do with your with your blog? Would it just be to you know to share clinical information? Would it just be to share stuff about yourself, or you know, when you do get into medical school, is that something you're going to be continuing to talk about, or you haven't really gotten that far yet? Um, I've had quite a few physician authors tell me that I should keep chronicling the events uh, through pre-med and then up, you know, through medical school, through residency, things like that as best as possible and, and public, uh, possibly publish uh, the, the content of my blog. Um, and that was, needless to say, very, very flattering and something that I probably will consider um, at some point. But, but for now, that's, that's kind of what I'm writing with the intentions of doing. Um, okay. And, you know, because I have, I have, so I, I write on such various topics that I that I feel like um, it would it would sort of craft into an interesting little little tale of you know first the little the little baby that could and then you know and then all the way up into the doctor who was treating babies that can that kind of thing. 
Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think it could sort of craft into a um, an interesting story, but we'll see where that goes <laughs> eleven years from now. <laughs> Um, And I know in just the past uh, few months, um, you've been kind of experimenting a little bit um, with live video, um, the the Ustream.tv platform. Um, And and how has that experience uh, been for you as far as, you know, live, real-time chatting and, uh, you know, interaction with a chat room? And and how's that been for you? Um, Ustream, I like to think, of it as Twitter on steroids. If you can tweet and send your tweets out to however many followers you might have, you know, it might be hundreds, it might be 80, it might be however many, you can definitely use Stream. Um, Twitter is just as real-time as, as Ustream might be. Ustream, you just have to, you know, maybe put a little bit of makeup on, adjust your lighting and go. But uh, But I think... I think uh, I think Ustream is simply an extension of what I love about Twitter, that real-time, deep conversation. Uh, and I think it's it's absolutely my favorite social media platform, aside from Twitter right now. <laughs> um, and if people want to check that out, I encourage people to subscribe to your Twitter um, because I know based on your um, coming up class schedule that uh, there's nothing – kind of on the schedule, but um, I know when you have some free time or when you're unwinding from your day, sometimes you just put a tweet out there and say, hey, come and hang out with me for the next half an hour or so on Ustream. And uh, um, uh, that's one of the, the, the great things about Ustream is that you can just put a, a tweet out and then you can have, you know, a dozen people in your chat room just, just chatting. So I know that if people are curious about about hanging out with you on Ustream. It's not anything scheduled, but but uh, definitely subscribe to your Twitter feed, and they'll be able to uh, check that out. Right, definitely. Um, you know, I, I, I'll i do things as I can. Um, social media is just that. It's simply a hobby. It's a very, it's a very ambitious hobby, people like to say. But... Uh, but it, it's just a hobby, and I kind of fit it in where where I have some time. So, uh, so it's but de- definitely Ustream. I would recommend it to a newbie in social media. Definitely. Um, <laughs> um, and I did want to talk about the, these exciting uh, opportunities that have uh, come up because of uh, social media. The first thing I wanted to talk about was. You know some of the um, you know the guest posts that uh, that you've been asked to write. Um, our guest next week uh, uh, coming up uh, will be our, our good friend uh, Insane Mo, uh, who is uh, uh, from the uh, Pre Med Hell blog. Um, kids, that's actually what it is, um, and it's a great blog. And I encourage people to check that out. Um, but uh, but how did you get uh, how did you get to, to guest post uh, over there and uh, that that seems like an exciting opportunity for you. I um I actually found them through Twitter and um, kind of started reading what they had to write and uh, what they had to say and how you know how things were going over there and all of a sudden I I came up with an idea for a post and and actually um, submitted it to. Um, Insane Mo and his writers that they should write on the topic, and then he threw it back at me and said, "No, you should write on the topic." 
So, um, so it was kind of a, I threw something out there and it was thrown back in my face. So, um, it was, it was definitely a, a very exciting opportunity to be able to write to a, a wide, um, audience of pre-meds and people who are interested in what, what the little future doctors of the world go through. Um, uh, it was a, it was an, in, an exciting opportunity to get to know those folks and, uh, and hopefully collaborate with them in the future. So um, it's, it's... Um, and something very exciting is that, and I know you tweeted this out already, is that you've been asked to speak at a conference coming up, I think, in the next six months or a year. Um, um, share with us kind of how that opportunity was presented to you and, and uh, you know, what the conference is going to be about and, and what you're going to be talking about. Um, actually, the conference is biennial, so... It happened in May of 2010, which is kind of how I figured I, I sort of discovered it. Um, so it'll be in May 2012 at uh, at uh, Gillette Children's Hospital in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. And uh, they, I, I found out about it because I follow a pediatrician that works uh, with Gillette. And uh, he started tweeting live from this conference. And all I saw was that it was a neurosciences conference. And I, I, I absolutely went crazy. I started flooding his inbox with just, what is this? Can you give me more information? This kind of thing. And then, um, and then he had the, um, the coordinator of the conference contact me and, you know, say, here's what it is. Here's the information that sort of thing. I looked it over, um, emailed her back, and uh, and asked her, you know, who presents, who who are the people giving the information, and she said, anybody and everybody that wants to. And I said, okay, but what is it? And she told me that, um, and this is this is what it is um, in my head as well. Um, it's a pediatric neurosciences conference for healthcare professionals who work with children with disabilities. It's all about advancement, all about uh, different treatment options, all about, um, you know, that sort of that sort of thing. It's sort of a, hey, let's get together and share what we know. Um, and so I sort of backed off for a little bit and then, contacted this pediatrician again and said, what do you think, you know, about maybe, um, about maybe getting together on a proposal? I thought that I was going to go in, you know, on a panel or something. Well, then he turns around two days later and said, no, we want you to present by yourself. Wow. You can imagine my face looking at the computer screen. (laughs) <laughs> um, and uh, it was um, I, I, I sort of read the email called him and said I think the first thing that come out of my mouth was are you insane? <laughs> um, <laughs> and of course he said no but uh and then uh, we started brainstorming for a couple of weeks on on what I would present um, on because 
mean, if it's doctors presenting to doctors, I'm nowhere near a doctor yet. Um, and we started thinking about how I could tie my personal perspective in with my study of medicine to present something that any healthcare professional could learn from. And, um, and the topic of the presentation will be transition care and how, uh, you know, things like when um, all of a sudden pediatric patients are transferred out to, uh, you know, internal medicine type specialties, um, you know, all of a sudden kids are thrust into, you know, into college unprepared with disabilities and things like that. So how do we how do we do that? How, what is the medical professional's role in, in that transition? And, um, and what are the, what are the studies finding that's easier for, for people, um, such as myself to transition, um, into, into older, um, higher standards of living. So, um, it's, it's going to be an interesting time for sure. That's very exciting, um, and uh, um, I know you'll be probably sharing uh, that process um, on your blog as far as, if for anything else, trying to figure out what you're going to talk about. <laughs> right. I have no um, idea at this point. Um, um, and another another thing that I just got word on, um, I found out actually through you and Dr. Vardamedian, who um, – uh, South by Southwest um, sent a confirmation email um, saying that I was sort of chosen for a preliminary round of of, um, of voting, so to speak, the way that they do things over in that part of the world. Um, and uh, we'll be, if that passes, we'll be uh, we'll be discussing. Uh, Patient privacy and social media, and what's important about it, um, and why why patients value it, um, in hopefully March of 2011. So, uh, uh, yeah, that should be very uh, very exciting. Um, and uh, um, I'm glad that you submitted. I was too intimidated to submit anything, uh, but. <laughs> I will be. Uh, I, I I definitely put it on my calendar to go and uh, show up there. In case people don't know, South by Southwest is a huge. Well, it's it's a bunch of things, but uh, part of it is a huge geek conference. Um, there's also a music festival there, um, a film festival, and um, in 2011 uh, will be the first time there will be a um, health slash medical programming track. Um, at uh, South by Southwest, and that'll be in March of uh, 2011 and in Austin, Texas. And uh, I'm definitely going to try to get out there and uh, hang out with the geeks, hang out with the uh, med bloggers, medical, you know, social media folks. And it's going to be, in my opinion, it's going to be a huge um, medical slash health social media meetup of uh, 2011 and I really want to try to be there. I'm very excited. And, and I hope, and, you know, I hope that you get on stage there um, and present. That's going to be great. We're all going to be there cheering for you. Well, I appreciate that. Um, you know, I, I think, I think that it's, uh, uh, I think the social media is definitely um, a world of opportunity. Um, I think, um, I think that there are, 
there are endless opportunities. It just depends on the uh, niche you want to explore and, uh, and kind of put yourself out there and uh, and see what happens. Um, I joke that I'll be admitted to med school because I'm because I'm a Twitter user. I don't know if that's true or not. Probably not, but. Uh, but I, I follow enough med schools that they'll probably just be so tired of me they'll admit me to shut me up, that kind of thing. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, our uh, our guest on the line is uh, Aaron Breedlove, uh, who's a pre-medical student in the uh, southeastern part of the uh, United States. Her blog is called uh, Healthy, Unwealthy, and Wise. You can get there by going to Healthy, Unwealthy wise.com and just to give people a heads up in the chat room i will be doing a, a post show on my ustream site after our discussion um here this evening and i think we're going to be starting to wind things up here because um, basically i'm just running out of questions but um i guess in our closing moments here aaron um you know we we talked a little bit you know about your diagnosis um but uh as we start to um you know close things up here on the show you know i know a lot of people who are going to listen to this show um you know, uh, are you know, they have disabilities, whether it's physical disabilities or mental disabilities, and they see you, they hear your story, um, and they're very inspired by your story. Um, what do you have to say to those people out there who are going to be listening to this show um, about, you know, um, about their dreams, about trying to live out your dreams and, and trying to reach them? Um, one of the quotes that I plan on using in my personal statement and used in my uh, in my college admissions essay is um, is one that I've sort of lived by my entire life. It says that disability is a matter of perception. If you can do one thing well, you're needed by someone. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter your disability, it doesn't matter the things you can do, the things you can't do. The only thing that matters is the things you can do and enjoy those things. Get to know those skills. Get to know, you know, the things that you can do in spite of of any any obstacle, any challenge you may face because the truth of the matter is everybody has something that they that they aren't as proficient at or that they, you know, wished worked better or wished felt better or um, things like that. I mean, think about, you know, the the people who, you know, want the want the beach tans and want the, you know, uh, want the bottle blonde hair and want the, um, want the, uh, you know, want the weight loss, want anything like that you know what do they do they immediately spring to action and I think that's I think that's a a powerful testimony to if you want it all you have to do is go get it it doesn't matter doesn't matter um, because you know there are there are infinite resources that will uh, that will um, that will empower people to um, to go for it um you know i've met many doctors who tell me i wasn't good at math and science but am i a doctor sure you know and and it doesn't take if if everybody were the same person we would live in one boring world so and i think that's i think that's sort of my motto in medicine is 
you know, if everybody had the same story, what would a doctor be? Um, and that's, uh, that's sort of what inspired me to do this. Uh, well, I mean, I, you know, as I've said, you know, through the show, I mean, a lot of love in the chat room here for you. Um, and I know I'm inspired, um, by your story and, uh, you know, we've been talking an hour and, uh, um, I know that you were very nervous, uh, coming on and I think you did a great job, um, you know, just, just, just talking, sharing your story. Um, cause I think, you know, when, when people really hear people, people really know, um, when they hear somebody who's very genuine, um, who's very inspiring, who's very passionate about what they're talking about and what their dreams are. Um, and I think you conveyed that very well um, on the show tonight. And I know people are going to be, they're going to be following your story. Um, they're going to be following you on Twitter. They're going to be following you on your blog um, until, you know, it, you reach your next goal, um, whatever that is. Um, and I want to thank you so much for being on the show, and, and it's, it's been great talking with you. And, and I know that we will talk uh, talk a lot more. But uh, but thanks so much. Uh, Nada, I completely um, I I'm completely honored to be here um, and to have been here to have been asked to be here um, with all the guests you have uh, um, had. I you know was sort of intimidated looking at your past guest list. I'm going, oh my word. You know, I mean, these are these are big name people, and all of a sudden he's wanting to include me. Um, but uh, I, I sincerely appreciate the honor. Sincerely appreciate the chat room. Um, and you know, uh, you guys are awesome. Uh, and I, you know, I can't I can't convey that enough. I've got tears in my eyes right now. But. Um, <laughs> Uh, and, um, and I'll definitely be over over at the the Ustream chat. So if anybody um, has any questions or anything, I was gonna do one after. I was gonna kind of take your take your thunder on the after show, but uh, but you'll do one. I'll be in your uh, I'll be in your chat room. So if people have extra questions, I'll be there. I'm always on Twitter. Um, I got the smartphone, the iPad, the everything. So. Uh, <laughs> okay. Need me, you know where I am. So, um, <laughs> well, good. Well, well, yeah. Thank you so much. Um, you know, this, this it's just been great. Uh, you know, chatting with you. Um, you know, uh, and hearing your voice and and hearing my voice because it's usually it's usually one sided on UStream and uh, this is always a, a new and fascinating right. experience uh, in real time. Um, but I know that we'll we'll talk very soon, and uh, and thank you so much for for coming on the show. It's a, you, you were fabulous tonight. It was it was great. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. <laughs> okay, uh, and we'll we'll talk to you later. Okay, thanks. All right. Good night. Uh, good night. Uh, so that's it, kids. So uh, uh, so fabulous. I mean, let me tell you. Um, uh, you know, I I I just don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that was Aaron Breedlove, uh, he's a pre-medical student. Uh, check definitely check out her blog, um, uh, healthyunwealthywise.com. Um, and the subtitle again here is uh, "Follow a pre-medical student on her journey to become a doctor," and also follow her on Twitter, um, Aaron R Breedlove uh, dot com. And um, 
that's all I have for you here uh, tonight, uh, kids. Uh, I will be doing a, a, a post show um, over on Dr. Anonymous dot, uh, TV. And uh, next week's guest, we're continuing um, uh, student month here on the Dr. Anonymous show. Uh, next month will be um, his Twitter name is Insane Mo. And uh, he is one of the authors of the previously mentioned Pre-Med Hell blog. You can get there by going to premedhell.com. And the subtitle there is Rants of a Neurotic Pre-Med. So, uh, so that'll be good. And uh, coming up two weeks from tonight uh, will be our good friend, uh, uh, Dr. Jonathan, um, who was on um, last, uh, uh, last week's uh, show to talk about his uh, experience with Twitter saving a life. And if you want to find out more about that, go to DrAnonymous.com. And coming up at the end of this month will be a huge celebration, the three-year anniversary of this very show. I know, very exciting, don't you think? (laughs) Um, But uh, uh, that's it. That's all I have. There's no Saturday show uh, because uh, I will be uh, with my good friend, Dr. Synonymous, in the state capital of Ohio, in Columbus, Ohio, where we will be... uh, uh, causing havoc, and uh, it'll be nuts. So you can follow me on Twitter at uh, twitter.com slash dranonymous. Follow me there. Also, dranonymous.com, dranonymous.net, dranonymous.org. And uh, right after this show, go to dranonymous.tv, and uh, we will be doing the post show over there. And uh, that's all I have for you tonight. So thank you, everybody, for joining me. And we'll see everybody for the post show. Good night, everybody. Mm-hmm.